You know, I got to be honest. We did not plan this this last month very well. We really haven't been doing any work. We've been on the road, and so we, we haven't been together. We haven't been able to get shows up. But we're very excited. We're we're back here, and uh, next week we're going to be starting up. Like we got a we, whole bunch of stuff like planned. We were, like we never left. It's going to be like a circus of how to do everything. Let's it, not let's not oversell it. Like a state fair of how to do everything still. Uh, still. We do, though, we do have one how-to for you today. And it's about dogs, and specifically uh, for people who have dogs and are about to rent a new apartment. Yeah, sometimes uh, you, you there's there's an additional fee, or even uh, they ban dogs. Uh, you find a place you like, and you can't move there because you love your dog. Well, we found a solution. Roger Mosey is the master, which is like the president, of a Cambridge University college called Selwyn. And Roger, uh, dogs are prohibited there, right? Yeah, I mean, we we actually have a prohibition on animals in the college, and the reason for that is obviously in um, you know a college or a university, um, it's quite difficult to accommodate um, pets and animals alongside um, all our uh, student population. So the general rule in most Cambridge colleges is that animals are not allowed, except that the master or the head of house of the college can keep a cat. So that's the fairly traditional Cambridge position, I suppose. Okay, so only cats, which uh, does seem kind of sinister to have the head of the organization, the head of the school, sitting in the chair with his, stroking his cat. That could be seen as the case, yes. And, and I, I personally, I mean, I, I, when I got here, I've only been Master of Selwyn since October 2013, and I did debate with the students in the, uh, the first term I was here uh, about what kind of animal we should get for the college. And the more they told me about what their cats got up to at home, the more I was convinced I really wanted a dog because, um, you know, the idea that the college cat would start bringing in birds or bringing in, we've got squirrels in the garden, here, so I didn't really want a, a disemboweled squirrel in my kitchen in the morning. Yeah. So uh, all those were reasons why I kept thinking I really, really want a dog. So, so you decided that uh, you would you would break this tradition and bring in a dog. Yeah, well, I went to the college council. We have a college council of our uh, wisest uh, people in the college and some of the students. And I applied to permission, for permission to them in December last year, saying, look, I'd really like to uh, have a dog. How do you guys feel about it? And it was actually the secretary to the uh, council, a guy called Rupert Thompson, who wrote the minute, uh, which said the college council gave permission for the master to keep a very large cat. So that was how it was recorded in the college council, and that was what I had permission to do. So... So this this very large cat is is what? Uh, she's a basset hound, so she's a, <laughs> a basset cat. And uh, she arrived in January this year. And um, I think actually it was a bit of a kind of, everyone in the college knew that she was officially designated as a cat. But of course, um, you know, it took us a bit of time for word to spread. And, and, and the time that really I became most aware of it is we had uh, an American conference in. So we had a conference of California judges who were in in uh, July this year. And they'd obviously been told the story. So um, every time I took the dog out for a walk while the California judges were in the college, uh, they said, oh, we love your cat. And I, I, you know, every single moment when Yo-Yo was out in the college court, um, the, the judges were praising my cat. So, so everyone around seem, seems to realize that this dog has been classified as a cat. Uh, I'm not did, sure she knows. Well, I think she may be confused about it. 
I, have you, I mean, have you discussed it with her? Well, I, I think that you can see that there's a certain amount of, um, you know, species reassignment that she's going through <laughs> and whether that might be traumatic. You know, I want to protect her from that kind of, um, uh, you know, distress. How does she get along with the other cats? Well, she likes cats, so 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 she she's met one or two um, cats owned by members of the college in who live outside the college in private houses, and she's very friendly with cats. So uh, she uh, doesn't chase cats. She's quite amenable to having them around. And the only thing she does do is she eats their food because um, Bassett's like eating anything. And when she sees cat food, she kind of thinks it's her food. So she will eat cat food definitely, but not in any way persecute or annoy cats. Have you? Have you said to her, have you said here, kitty, kitty? No, I don't think she'd respond to that, really. I mean, I think she, she is a dog driven by food more than anything else. <laughs> so um, it's cat food that gets her. But I think cat terminology might be a bit beyond her. Yeah. She, I mean, she has to have some self-respect, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, dogs have a, a basic dignity, and I think, uh, I think now she's recognised as um, you know a, a, an interesting example of uh, canine Cambridge. I think she's um, quite happy with that. Well, this has been great. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for telling us about Yo-Yo. Thank you. We heard from Gary. Gary says he listens to How to Do Everything while building models for Legoland. Gary, these next 15 seconds are for you. How realistic are these models, you think? Like if you're, say you're at Legoland, uh, you're building the Giselle Bunchen. I think the way, I think the way you tell the difference between, you know, the model and uh, the model the model is based on is they're going to be a little bumpier, mm-hmm. and uh, other Lego pieces are going to click into them. This is weird. Um, do you think that she? Do you think that the model is like a, is a person, and then there's another Lego bikini you put on, or is it just all of a piece, and the Lego bikini just is part is a red Lego? I think that that is one of the uh, advantages that Lego uh, people have over human people. Which, uh, you know, there's never going to be any kind of wardrobe malfunction because your clothes are fastened onto your body. At least as well as your arms are fastened onto your body. It's really the same locking mechanism for your bikini and your arms. That's right. So, like we said, we are uh, we are starting things back up. Uh, we have a bunch of questions from you in our mailbox. We'd love to have more. Yeah, you can send us your questions at howto at npr.org. If you don't have email, if you don't have a computer, you can call us on the phone and leave a voice message with your question. That's at one eight 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 gag x five. That does it for this uh, short little how-to today. What what did you learn, Mike? Well, I learned that in a pinch, you can call your dog a cat. Yeah. I think uh, it's a a good way to sneak your dog in. It's also a good way to confuse your dog. Do you think you could try this with any animal? Like, say Roger didn't have a dog. What if he had a Shetland pony? Not a full-size pony. It's a tiny horse. Could he just be like, it's an awfully... It's a really, really big cat. It's a hooved cat. It's a cat a child could ride. Hermit crab. My cat's shell is also its home. Why does your cat have a saddle on it? 
How to Do Everything is, uh, for hopefully last time, produced by just Mike and I. Our intern this week is Emily Levine. Actually a cat. Not an intern. It's a cat. All right. You can stay. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.